0: Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red night standing by.
1: You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, Fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This
2: is
1: it. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for today. Oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. I I, I think I just fell. I'm I think Does that make me? I have I've fallen. Um, Can you get I'm up? Say. These, these puns get worse uh, all the time. I know. Yeah, that's all. Or, no, there was, it was or there just was trying, to, was trying to in there. work in the my keyboard. Did you see it? it make uh-huh. the sound.
0: Sure, sure, sure. It's <laughs> even oh, better. Oh, boy. Oh,
1: boy. Uh, obviously, we're talking about season I guess season one, hopefully there's multiple seasons, but we're talking about Ahsoka part four fallen Jedi.
0: Yes. And Oh my goodness. Was this an amazing, amazing episode. So amazing. In fact, that you might want to go see the, the next installment part five in the theater. Yes. uh, Lucasfilm is doing Fan screenings for the public around the U.S. and in Europe as well, and uh, Asia, uh, actually all over the world. South America, it, it's this is exciting to see this. We're gonna we're gonna dissect more, you know, what happens in this episode. But based on the 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 ending of part four, part five is not to be missed, and we're gonna be able to see it in the theater. You can go uh, sign up on GoFobo. They are all at this point, uh, as we're recording um, at waitlist status, unfortunately, they also I've seen online, they also overbook quite a bit. So even if you've registered, you may not be able, you you might have to arrive extra early just to make sure you can get a seat, which is a bit of a bummer uh, Mm -hmm. because I think it's free. So they want to make sure people don't sign up and just bail but it kind of sucks. Um, I saw online some people will get in line like three to four hours early for early movie screenings, like for Marvel movies. Um, not sure how it'll be for Ahsoka, but regardless, uh, it'll be on Tuesday the 12th uh, at uh, about 5 p.m. Pacific, but one hour before the episode airs, uh, depending on your region. Um, one, episode, one hour before it airs on, on Disney+. Plus. And yeah, they're doing screenings in let's see, Boston, Chicago, Dallas, L.A., New York, Orlando, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle, which I'll, that's the one I'll be going to, and Washington D.C. Uh, in the U.S. as well as London in the U.K., Bangkok, Thailand, and Sao Paulo, Brazil. So that's mm. that's awesome. I love seeing it. S-s- I love seeing Star Wars on the big screen. There's nothing like it. <sighs> yeah, I-, I can't wait. The only downside. Is it's pretty early for a lot of people, especially you to, if you have to get in line at you know 5 p.m. for a lot of folks on the on the east. I'm sorry, on the, on the west coast. Mm-hmm. I wish they were doing it like the day before, but you know that's okay.
2: Well, I imagine they they're doing it this way because that way they can avoid the spoilers. Right. And secondly, you're mentioning the 30 to 60 minutes before to line up or three to four hours. I'm not happy at the L.A. location because there is absolutely no freeway access to get there. It's at the Grove, which happens to be the nice It's a old, nice area. But it's, yeah. a, it's a gorgeous area, don't get me wrong, but it's in an area to where that time of day, it's going to be so insane. Madhouse. There's no way I can get from my place of employment to that place in time for that screening yeah. at
0: all. It's, it's too bad, but um, look, we can't complain, right? It's still nice that they're doing screenings for fans they're opening it up to the public and you know if these are successful i i hope they do more although i wouldn't be opposed to paying for a ticket so that they can ensure Mm -hmm. that people who say they want to come actually show up and then they can you know fill the house without overbooking and because i just imagine like if you if you book if you you register not knowing that there's a bunch of people who already registered before you and you know, you show up 30 minutes before and there's there's no way you can get in that. Yeah. That would just be such a bummer.
2: Yeah. I think they're smart doing it this way because they can get word of mouth out for this episode mm-hmm. that, yes, it's only one hour before the episode airs. But think about all the all the hype that's going to happen after the episode airs and the people see it now and then the people see it when it drops. They can really start expanding the audience at this point. So it's a really good idea mm-hmm. that they're pulling this off. Well, and we're going to get, a,
0: uh, I'm sure, a lot more explanations regarding the cliffhanger in this episode at the return of a uh, very famous yeah. <laughs> famous yeah. character. Um, yeah. I think, without further ado, should, should we get into it? Should we?
2: I think we have to. Uh,
0: Tom, yeah. what what episode are we discussing yeah. today?
2: Well, today we're going to be talking about Ahsoka part four, titled Fallen Jedi. This was directed by Peter Ramsey, written by Dave Filoni. In the episode, Hera risks her career to help her friends while Ahsoka and Sabine confront enemies. I I tell you, great episode. I really wish there was just a little bit more... I I understand the breathing aspect of it. I would like to have seen the episode tightened up just a tad. It felt just a, a, a hair slow for me. Oh, but really?
0: Okay. I I, I thought this was did. this may have been one of my I think favorite episodes of yeah, the season I'm so not, far.
2: I'm not knocking the episode as a whole. I think there's some areas for me I'm watching this going, you know, they could have tightened it up a bit. Um I'm trying to think of the 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 interaction back and forth between Sabine and Ahsoka when they're talking about you know, are you going to be there? And and Ahsoka's going to. Uh, I mean, Sabine's looking for her charges for the blasters and all that stuff. That little section there felt just a a, a just a tad slow. Uh, but the but I'm not knocking the episode, and that's not going to be any part of my rating toward the end. Yeah, because it was an outstanding episode, uh, you know, through and through.
0: Yeah. So I guess let's get into it. It starts with a little bit quieter, right? And I feel like it's 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 setting the stage for the rest of the episode and we see it's funny as i was i don't know about you guys as i was watching it i didn't quite put the pieces together yet when they're talking about hey would you be willing to sacrifice you know ezra to stop thrawn and uh there's a lot of discussion between ahsoka and sabine about how far would you go to stop thrawn Right, and it's 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 an interesting question. We know that, of course, Sabine cares very much about Ezra. Ahsoka, she cares about Ezra, but like she also knows the danger of Thrawn. She has a she looks at the much bigger picture, and so it's a it's a it's a good question, right? How what would Sabine do to stop Thrawn? Would it even would she would she throw away a chance at saving her best friend?
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's a particularly tough question this early in the show when we haven't seen Thrawn yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, if you've read or, you know, any of the Thrawn novels or familiar with him from the EU or, uh, or watch him in Rebels, it's, it's much more clear. But at this point in time, like, how dangerous is Thrawn? Do we actually mm-hmm. know? Yeah. That's a good point for the average yeah. viewer,
0: <clears throat> right? There's no, there's no, you have no idea. I think they're, they are assuming that most people know who Thrawn is. At this point, um, but that's actually not. I mean, a lot of fans do. Not everyone knows. Not everyone's seen Rebels, and not everyone know has read the books to know mm-hmm. or, or or know of just how dangerous Grand Admiral Thrawn is. And so you're right. It's it's one of those things where if you're just a casual viewer, do you, yeah, you may not quite understand why Ahsoka is pushing so hard to to stop this this threat. It's a good point, Stephen. I hadn't really considered that. Mm-hmm. They also, you know, I think for the fans, they since I feel like they they they're assuming most fans know who Thrawn is. They give us some nice little references and teases as well. Like Ahsoka literally name drops, you know. Uh, the heir to the empire calling uh, theron wow.
1: the heir to the empire. And later mm-hmm. I'm far, my favorite part. Oh yeah. And later
0: she said the thing. She, yeah, exactly. I'm sure everyone's are, everyone who's read the books. Like, oh my gosh, the heir to the empire. Uh, and later even, um, uh, Balin's skull. I, I missed this on my first viewing, but he mentions how he serves a greater good, mm-hmm. which of course is a reference. I th- I think to, the book Greater Good by Timothy Zahn, it's the second book in the Chiss uh, uh, trilogy, one of the more recent Thrawn books. So I feel like they're definitely enjoying like winking at fans by slipping in these little <laughs> references here and
2: there. Mm hmm. And there's one later I'm pretty sure we're going to discuss because I completely missed it. But we have to talk about that one a little bit.
0: Well, which one? Later. Which one?
2: Well any if anybody has followed like world war ii fighter pilots they like to have pictures of their girlfriends in the cockpit of the oh plane. yes
0: not a thron reference but a, not a thron reference, a Kanan but reference. It's, the
2: East, it's the easter egg thing. yeah i
0: i love yes. seeing if you it's a blink and you miss it but
2: oh it was definitely missed i missed it both times yeah, yeah but
1: i didn't see it <sighs>
2: but yeah. yeah
0: you can see a picture uh was like a picture on twitter and everything else and it it is it is cool i love that she has a Hera has a picture of Kanan <laughs> in the ghost. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Oh, uh, um, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're doing repairs on the ship and the Balin and Shin, they know where, where they are. And so they send these HK 87, uh, droids and, and, and some of their other foot soldiers to attack. And we get a kind of a cool, sequence fight sequence with Hu Ying.
2: that was fun to see him actually fight mm-hmm. i was very surprised because you see him kind of like stagger around but when he fought he actually held his own pretty well
1: i i it was probably one of the most surprising things in the episode for me because yes. i was expecting him to be kind of a pushover yep. and when he turns around and immediately just goes i don't know full general grievous on the 87 droids like mm-hmm. part of me is like why are the droids not like, you know, using a blaster against the unarmed training droid, but it <laughs> was just a really cool sequence. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it was very surprising to see him basically hold his own for being as old as he is.
1: And I mean, I guess,
0: I guess if you're a, even if you are ancient, if you're a, a, a Jedi training droid, I guess you'd have to be able to hold your own. But yeah, he mm-hmm. normally walks so slowly, a little almost yep. like, you know, jerky motions that, yeah, having seeing him in action like that was was surprising, but really cool. I mean like his, his little shoulder arms that come out of his backpack, and yeah,
2: it was it was also kind of funny to have him go help.
0: Yeah, exactly. Help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was that was good. And of course, that leads us into again. I feel like this episode is you know it. it there's not a a lot happening, but what they do is well done, right? Mm-hmm. Um Ahsoka and Sabine, they know they have to stop uh Elspeth and, and the Eye of Sion from from leaving. And so they head off to the Henge, uh, where you know to, to, to stop the the map from being decoded. And in the process, right, Ahsoka ends up dueling uh Marak and Sabine duels Shin and we get our, the Marek duel with Ahsoka. I really enjoyed it and there's there's the, there's the duel which was cool and then there's the reveal of what Marek, I say probably what rather than who Marek is, something fans have been speculating about since the beginning of the, of the show. It's... Thoughts on the duel first?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I first. loved the duel between the two mm-hmm. a so first of all so i was watching this moment with my wife who didn't watch rebels and the moment uh Mar-Ox starts doing the spinning inquisitor lightsaber blades like "That's dumb which is i think the reaction <laughs> we kind of all had when we yeah. saw it in rebels in the first place like it, it is fundamentally just kind of a silly thing um and which is yet, fine
2: it's cool yeah yeah
1: and and i love that that it's it's such a Dave Filoni fight in so many ways. Like it's very reminiscent of like Maul versus Obi Wan, mm-hmm. uh, where not it's the same thing. There's a there's a lot of fluff, but it's also uh, not drawn out. It's just who these two characters are. Marak, you know, in the grand tradition of Star Wars characters that fans love to talk about, is you know more um, style than he is substance. Yep, looks really cool and dies like a chump. Like is yep. just. <laughs> exactly how it was always intended to be, I think.
0: Yes, yeah. and I think that's what—that's that, why what we didn't get much about him, right, T- Tom? Well,
2: I the the thing, the only thing that kind of caught me off guard is when he's sitting there spinning the sabers. I expected Ahsoka instead of doing the the natural saber meet and and slash. I expected her to do like she did in I believe it was Tales of the Jedi, where she actually grabbed the blade and basically showed how powerful she was and basically split it that way and ended him that way. But I kind of appreciated how quick it went because it did, like you mentioned, Stephen, the fight between Obi Wan and Maul. How it was all sub, uh, uh, flash, but it was over quick and it was over. Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciated yep. about this.
0: Yeah, e- especially the the reveal of what Marek is. Right. So he gets sliced in half. Well, not exactly, but like he gets, you know, his chest is his is chest sliced. was opened up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's a brief moment of pause. And then all of a sudden, he, like, I think explodes, basically. Like, his armor doesn't, his armor stays together. But the his insides, like, come out in a cloud of gray and a, with a little tinge of green
1: smoke. Mm-hmm. I I didn't know what I was looking at the first time, like, through. And it took me a moment to realize, like, oh, like, no, that, that was just him dissipating for lack of yeah. a better way and
2: you know where we've seen that before remind me because i'm 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 at a loss
0: the the reanimated corpses that the of the night sisters in the sisters, clone wars that's right remember when they had like i was like the, almost like the zombie episode where mm-hmm. uh, the 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 dead Knight sisters would be re, were reanimated to fight off the separatist invasion Yep, of Dathomir. So I'm pretty sure that means that Lady Elspeth basically took because we know Maroc, according to the StarWars.com episode guide, what is a former Inquisitor, and all the Inquisitors at this point are supposedly dead. Uh, it I, sure now sounds now know like why former exactly. I think he was <laughs> he was a dead Inquisitor that Elsbeth like brought back to life, reanimated, and had serve her. Like, really cool concept. <laughs> hmm I love it. And that's why we also didn't. No, he wasn't Star Killer. No, he wasn't um it wasn't Ezra. You yeah. know, it wasn't Ezra. <laughs> there was all these theories people had, some of them crazier than others, I think. But uh Nope. It, it was a reanimated night sister and pretty cool.
2: And that that's what I appreciated. Or Night Brother, you know maybe what? in this case, right? All all that. All that speculation of who the character is it's now over and done with boom move on
0: yeah it was oh uh, yeah very cool um unexpected but again i, I love how it's subtle right it the, the the night sister magic it's like the subtle green or lady elspeth we didn't uh i think i told the story earlier right at the at the premiere screening i was talking to someone at lucasfilm and she's like you you didn't know that that Lady Elspeth was a, was a Sister in the Mandalorian. I was like, no, definitely not. I had no idea. And I think the same is true here where of course it makes complete sense now, but yeah, that was the last thing I was going, I would have guessed. Really cool. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on the Sabine Shin duel. That was another one.
1: Steven, my thanks. first concern is I don't know that Sabine's strategic thinking is all there sometimes mm-hmm. like watching her chase off with the blasters at, after the, the lightsaber wielding villain maybe doesn't seem like the best idea. Like, I feel like you're not supposed to chase the person with the lightsaber,
2: but <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe that's just me.
2: Well, but my my biggest issue with the fight, you go back to Star Wars Rebels and you go back to the training that Kanan did with Sabine. And I believe Kanan basically was sitting there trying to explain to her, fight 30, okay? You are a Mandalorian. You've got to combine the two techniques of basically handling the darksaber and your Mandalorian training. And I'm watching this fight going, she was relying on the lightsaber the whole time. She was never really relying on being the Mandalorian where she would use the flamethrower from the wrist. She would use the uh, grappling hook she would use everything in her her Mandalorian arsenal on top of the saber. But that only happened at the end, which I really found funny when she threw her hand up and you saw Shin turn the head just like, and then she comes back saying, oh, you don't have this. And then all of a sudden here come the, the, the rockets from the wrist. I would have liked to have seen more of the Mandalorian Jedi fighting technique in this. I, I it was fun like- to watch though.
0: Yeah, I think you know. No, Sabine, go ahead. I, I think Sabine's she's trying, right? She's trying to be more, fight more like a Jedi, and I I, I mm-hmm. really liked how, you know, she's doing okay holding her own, but she's not. Yeah. Uh, she's she's struggling a little bit, right? And and that moment when she tries to use the Force and Shin just looks at her and laughs, it was just, I I loved that. And then she's like, okay, fine, boom, switches to her gauntlet.
2: Which which I found very I found very fascinating because it's one of those things in which when she turned. It's one of those, when you're in a situation and you've got your adrenaline going, you never know what's going to happen. So you watch this and you see Shin's head turn, you're like, oh my God, because she was pressed into the situation, she was in the middle of a fight, now her force powers came out. It was almost that little bit of trick of a mind that happened. But then to have Shin come back, say, oh, you don't have it. It's like, okay, well, good trick.
1: No, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought it worked really well and was a good... Ah, uh, good example, the two of them. I did laugh mm-hmm. a little bit that, you know, the two we split off in the the I guess it's not really the master and the Padawan fight in this case, but um like literally just after um, Hu Yang had given them this kind of like little cringy speech about like togetherness and you you need to work together, they immediately split up again. Where I feel like, yes, I mean Ahsoka, if you'd helped out with Shin, it probably would have been over pretty quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. I suspect.
1: Yeah, and that that leads to uh, Ahsoka's
0: fall later, right? I, and I guess I think that she was definitely worried about them getting away, and uh, had she helped Sabine, I think they they would have they would have easily overpowered Shin and then easily overpowered Balin. But it does there is to... a time component for sure, though. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I guess you know in hindsight, right? Um, how, what's what was the best approach? On Un- it's unclear, but the The confrontation between Ahsoka and Balin was was nice I think it's the first time they've they've mm-hmm. seen each other right and uh we we get some a little bit more backstory for Balin right we know that he he definitely knew Anakin i uh, you know at first he he names drops name drops Anakin in i think a a way that's supposed to remind view casual viewers who Ahsoka's master was um and uh you know, he, I, I like how at first it's like, oh, you almost think, oh, he he and Anakin, like, were close, right? Oh, he, he never mentioned you. And then we just find out, oh, yeah, no, he, he,
1: everyone he knew of Anakin. He does seem to know that Anakin is Darth Vader, though, which, yeah, again, he does. in this uh, version of the experience, like, the universe, is not common knowledge. Right. Um, yeah, right. So that, I'm, I mean, I, I've said it before, like, Balin continues to probably be one of my favorite characters on the show, and this just continues to add to that because i am so curious you know where where is this coming from how do how do you know so much about this person Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah i yeah he i agree he's one of my favorite characters on the show he brings so much gravitas to the role Mm -hmm. and so much history like i want to learn more about his his character um so yeah i don't know i'm I'm excited The, the the duel between them was it was, again, one of those slower duels, right? It was a lot of buildup where they're looking at each other and then boom, 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 you know, cross blades quite a few times and then slow down again. I
1: love this duel so much. Mm-hmm. And again, like I just said, I, I will profess my love for Balin again. Just <laughs> he has the the almost a Vader-esque fighting style in the sense that hes it's much more deliberate. He's got that kind of like very high guard um, and these just big, heavy swings, that just, you can feel the force, not the, the literal force, but well, the physics force, you, right. you know what I mean. You yeah, can yeah. feel the force of his blows as he's, you know, as they're fighting and it was just, just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, this was probably my favorite sequence in the entire show. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And and it really showed, it showed the amount of force that he had behind him when he really had Ahsoka cornered and kind of pushed her off the ledge.
0: Yeah, I think, so it happens so quick. Her Ahsoka falling off the off the side of the cliff where I was at first I wasn't sure oh it's just and I actually had to go back and rewind it because <laughs> I was like wait she just disappeared um instantly I, I there was no thought question in my mind that she's alive of course um and I just thought oh maybe she's hanging on to the side of the cliff or or, or what it, it I guess it looks like sabine's entrance because she first uh, Shen shows up and you could see the look on Ahsoka's face where she's like oh my gosh did, did Sabine did she die and then Sabine follows shortly thereafter um I, I I that's I assume that that distracted her and uh and that's
1: why she ultimately
0: Balin was able to get the upper hand what do you
1: think Steven that was that was about my impression as well um like i said it's a little a little tough to read i think but it you definitely can tell that ahsoka is worried about sabine and i oh, yeah. i think that ends up proving her undoing here is my at least my take
2: yeah no i i agree with that because you could tell when shin came back without so without sabine or however you want to put it there was that look of worry on ahsoka's face like oh my god she lost sabine and then it did feel like it was the distraction when Sabine did show up. So, Ezoka yeah.
0: even uses the force to like slam Shin into the wall when she oh, when she her. thinks that maybe she killed Sabine. It, it's a it's, it's a it's a very interesting moment uh, for for her as a character. Like, do you think she well, she's starting to tap into the dark side there, or or her anger at least, or I don't know.
1: Might. My- I guess I could see maybe some gray Jedi being involved, but it's yeah, it's it's tough to tell. Yeah.
0: So Ahsoka, she disappears off the side of the cliff, and we don't see any of her until the very end of the episode, which we will discuss in a few moments because that is the most interesting, <laughs> biggest shock, most shocker, the biggest shocker of the episode. But first, we get this really cool sequence in which Balin basically preys on Sabine's fears and gets her to give him the map. Were you guys surprised by this or what did you, what did you, what did you expect Sabine was going to do?
1: I mean, after that first sequence where we kind of get the, like, what would you do to do to stop Thrawn? I, I kind of felt like this was a little telegraphed, especially once it becomes clear that we're doing, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but given how the episode proceeded to this point, it kind of felt like that was a, like, this is just how it was going to go. Yeah. There, there, was no, there wasn't there. Sabine is going to board the ship and maybe not join them, but, but be there. Like I
2: just, it, yeah, it felt I, inevitable
1: from the moment. And, Balin made the offer. I
2: mm-hmm. think, I think it felt inevitable for me when Ahsoka actually questioned Sabine, you know, can you do the right thing? It almost seemed it was inevitable that even at that point, Ahsoka knew that it was going to turn out the way it was. Probably didn't expect to be pushed over a ledge, but I think Ahsoka had that feeling it was going to happen because of somehow the strong feeling Sabine has with Ezra, which I found very surprising the way that Balin was sitting there baiting her saying, look, for the feelings you have with Ezra, I know why. You've lost your whole family. So that means all the family we saw within rebels that she was able to unite behind the dark her whole family now is gone. So all she has left is Ezra. So it seemed like it was going to be inevitable that was going to happen.
0: Yeah. The uh, I I again credit to uh, that the sequence was was just so good. Credit, credit to Ray the late Ray Stevenson uh, for his portrayal of Bailen because mm-hmm. I. Well, yes, it seemed inevitable. It, I could see how Sabine made the choices that she did, and how she arrived Absolutely. at at that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's very well written, very well uh, acted by Balin, where you know, he's preying on her fears of never seeing Ezra again and never, um, you know, how like her her family has died, which also, I think that's news, right? We didn't. I, I, think, I didn't I guess, think we knew that either. I guess we could... you probably could have inferred, yeah. right? that Because most of the Jedi... Or most of the Mandalorians died during the Great Purge. But I think it's the first time we've learned that Sabine's family is indeed dead, right?
2: Yeah. that That's what surprised me about the whole thing. Because, like I mentioned, last time we saw them, they were all in Rebels. Basically uniting behind her. And now, they're all dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I did want to just again, touch on, like I said, William Ray, uh, Ray Stevenson does an amazing job here. And I, I love the sincerity he adds in his voice. And I love how he demonstrates it a moment later, you know, like as soon as they agree, uh, and Sabine gives him the map, Shin immediately goes and starts like choking her and tries <laughs> oh, to kill yeah. her. And Balin has nothing like, no, 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 I just made a deal. That's how this works. And I, that, uh, I don't know. It's the way he, the the gravitas and the just everything I sorry I just really love what Ray Steven does here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh,
0: plus one. Plus a thousand. And oh yeah, agreed. Yeah. I you know they he they do they do put her in binders so she is you know handcuffed but I, it 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 answers the question we were wondering of how are they going to get to the other galaxy is to be are they going to sneak aboard are they going to be taken prisoner or are they going to follow in some other ship everyone with the exception of Ahsoka and Hera is already on the eye of Sion. And so that at least gives them, I and in Huyang, I guess, but like at least Sabine is on the ship with them, which gives her a path into this other galaxy. I think the question is, will, how will Ahsoka and will, will, will Ahsoka and Hera go there or will we see the rest of their time in this galaxy i don't know it's something you know we can we can discuss more i think after we uh after we we cover ahsoka's fate but Mm -hmm. yeah overall really cool also one more thing about ahsoka's or sabine's past the fact that ahsoka uh didn't well at least according to balin uh, ahsoka didn't trust sabine and that's why her family died I'm very curious to learn more here as well. And that makes a lot of sense as to why there's some. The strife between the two of them. Yeah. Like, is it a, is it more like a a Luke, you know, don't go save your friends on cloud city type of thing. And so he didn't and they Mm -hmm. died or is it, I don't know.
2: Well, it, it also gets back to the thing where Ahsoka's sitting there telling, you know, Sabine, can you do this? It's like, the, the, the good of the many outweighed the, the good of the, the few or the one, you know, it, it could have been that same situation to where that's why there's the animosity between the two of them. And this is basically Sabine acting out saying, look, she tricked me once in this or somehow I got that decision made the first time. And look what I lost here. Now I'm back in that same situation before. And I'm not going to do that again because I don't want to lose this because I've already lost that.
0: Yeah yeah
2: speaking of uh
0: losing things um we were wrong last week uh our theories were we, we Very lost. Wrong. <laughs> uh our our theories about hera uh being oh, yeah, potentially boy, done we in the in the in the season uh maybe except for the the finale completely wrong she shows it back up in this one and it's pretty clear I think that she's gonna play a big role throughout the rest of the season as well which I couldn't mm-hmm. be happier about um but yeah she's She's back. She uh, she's upset with the Senate committee, rightly so. I, we were talking about this last week. Oh, why isn't Hera doing something? Right? Why is she just letting them walk all over her? And she's a general. Go do something. Well, she she does it. So that was mm-hmm. great to see. So she takes uh, the Ghost and Jason and a, 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 a what four, five, six X wings, and they head out as Phoenix Squadron. Um, Stephen again as our resident ship expert. Thoughts on?
1: Nope. Oh, I, I mean, my thoughts are very simple. Uh, this sequence was great. Um, I loved seeing the X Wings fall into formation. Um, we get to see Carson Teva, the kind of Mandalorian, um, I don't know, like X Wing pilot that keeps running into the Mandalorian. Um, and he. we get to hear Phoenix Leader again, which is mm-hmm. obviously a, a nice Rebels reference, which is, again, just like awesome.
2: Yeah. I'm just loving the crossover. I, I love, I'm loving the crossover between the shows because it really makes it feel like it is a connected star Wars universe. Yeah.
0: Thankfully. And that's yeah. Thankfully, some of the other pilots from the Mandalorian uh, did not show up in this episode. Otherwise, you know, who knows Dave Filoni and, uh, Rick from and Deborah Chow may all be dead. <laughs> I,
2: yeah. I, I actually would have done an eye roll if I saw that. I mean, just to see Carson show up was fine. But it, if Filoni showed is, up too, yeah, it would have been an eye roll. It is interesting
1: to see Carson show up. Like I think at this point, they're we're trying to make him the kind of like interesting crossover type character that just kind of shows up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea what his job though is because he apparently patrols <laughs> the outer rim. He is based out of uh, whatever planet Zeb was on that we see briefly at the end of The Mandalorian, and he also apparently serves in what seems to be the main Republic fleet with Hera. Like,
0: yeah, it's it's not super clear. Also, where is Zeb? Like, wh- why? Hera is on a mission to go save as help Sabine save Ezra. Where the heck is that?
1: Like, <laughs> he is in the back room. He's, he's very busy. Um, it's definitely not budget related. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I sadly, say, I think you're right. Budget it's, related. He'll probably yeah. show up
0: at the very end for a, a you know, a family, uh, a reunion, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a bummer since we know he and Carson Tiva talk, right? They did in Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. which means presumably Zeb is in the same squadron or at least the same base as Carson Tiva. Uh,
1: My assumption is that Carson Tiva has been reassigned potentially after helping or being involved with the uh, events in Mandalore on Mandalore. Yeah. Like that, like someone in the new Republic. I mean, we know the new Republic is a fantastic bureaucracy, so I feel like they're like, Oh, you did good for the galaxy, no, sir. You will get fleet duty, and you're gonna like it. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's why you're gonna end up going with Hera on another mission that basically we could end up busting you down further and put you somewhere else later. I,
0: I did like though they all they all went rogue, right? And she says, "Once a rebel, always a rebel." Uh, mm-hmm. in a nod to you know Star Wars rebels, and yeah, it's it's nice to see them all together. Even even Jason gets to pull the lever and engage the hyperdrive, which is which is nice. Mm-hmm. And also the ghost, right? We've seen the Phantom earlier in the show, but now we get to see the ghost uh, for the first time. And like the shots of, of Hera and and, and Jason in, in the ghost, the chopper in the back, just look exactly like they came out of Rebels. And I just love that.
1: Yeah. It's so nice. Getting all three of them is just awesome. And I love the ghost and it looks, I mean, we've seen it in live action technically because it shows up, you know, in the background of a variety of scenes across Uh, some of the movies we've gotten but it's just so great to see all of them i wish we got to see more of them uh but they arrive at the denab system basically as the eye of scion is going into hyperspace and it Uh you know um obviously does not end well for them like the ship goes to hyperspace and or the eye of scion goes into hyperspace and it creates a massive kind of shockwave and this was kind of what I wanted from the previous episode, like a little bit more weight and stakes, because like immediately two X-Wings are just slammed into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just a, a great sequence.
2: There was one thing, and I understand why it wouldn't have worked. There was one thing I was kind of expecting. When the I.F. Scion jumped into hyperspace, I wanted to see it pull one of the ships with it and somehow just be stuck in there. That way, it wasn't just, you know horrible fate tom it's it's a horrible fate but also <laughs> i look at it from this point of view it, it that all that ship was also taken to the other galaxy as like oops it was a mistake you shouldn't have been here anyway you know it's eh, almost like yeah, it, it wouldn't have happened yeah, yeah I, either way I, you yeah, see what i'm getting at that would have been interesting
0: either way it was really cool we haven't seen ships yeah, yeah. jump into hyperspace through other ships before and just the havoc it wrecks on everyone and even you know when, Sabine's face when she sees the ghost there and, and Hera and all of a sudden she knows it's gonna jump right through them. It was really cool, really well done. Yeah. Um yeah, I I like the whole thing. Some poor poor X Wings die. Um Tiva he, he survives, thankfully. Mm. As does Hera and Jason. And we don't really know what happens next, right? Like are, are they they're they're stall on Planet with Huyang and Ahsoka is somewhere um and like are they presumably they're gonna be there and they can they can help rescue hu yang and ahsoka and stuff um well do that, you think no. they'll do you think they'll actually make it to the other galaxy though
2: that's a good I'm, question but no steven sorry. go ahead okay like, i'm skeptical
1: but I, i'm having flashbacks to last episode where we're like oh no Hera's is totally not going to show up again and, like i think this is the end of her story <laughs> And I feel that way again at the end of this zone, where it's like I mean, I think Ahsoka is gonna arrive at the world between worlds, or sorry, arrive somewhere based on the world between worlds, which we'll cover yeah. in a moment. Um, but it just leads me in this like, yeah, I just I don't know. I I don't know how how they proceed in the story here. It, it feels like there's not a, a clean path for them. And so what do I know?
2: But but then and then I'm gonna ask. How do you, or why do you think that Hera is going to be the one that's going to rescue Ahsoka? Well no, not not Ahsoka. Is it? Right. Well, because well, no, wait a minute, Ahsoka's is in the war, uh, world between worlds. So I mean, just pick her, her up off point, the planet. I'm not saying
0: yeah. act, actually take her out of the world between worlds.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's this whole Stephen. I think you summarized it correctly. It's going to be fascinating to see where they're going to go from here in this next episode, because yes, you have a young Anakin Skywalker in there, which. Was great to see. But the fascinating thing about that whole interaction between the two of them was when the episode ended, you got to hear a part of Vader's theme. It didn't fully play, but there was a part of it there that it's like, it's more foreboding. Right. So, what does that mean for well, the Anakin Skywalker she met within that world between worlds? okay
0: wow tom there's a lot to unpack there so uh (laughs) i'm
2: sorry i can't throw it out there but okay so but look at it from that point of view Uh, i mean
0: so yes ahsoka i I love the transition right we see her we see the the over the cliff with the water and the water like fades into the the i don't know how to just kind of describe it like the the stars stars almost yeah Yeah. exactly fading and then it's like the the ripples on these pathways within the world between worlds and yes it's the world between worlds in live action the maybe the trippiest moment from star wars animation and that's saying something since mortis was also pretty trippy Um, i was gonna say
1: mortis is is maybe close but i yeah and the most
0: like I loved the world between worlds and, and Mortis. Right. And it, it, it opens up so many questions and so many exciting possibilities. And so to see Ahsoka back there, back in the world, because if you remember for the fans who haven't watched rebels, um, in the very last season, only a few episodes before the, the finale. Um, well actually taking a step back real quick in the season two finale, Ahsoka Duels with Vader on um, on Malachor, and there she she saves Ezra and pushes him out, and the temple explodes, and we think she's dead, or is she dead? We don't know, right? And there's a, a a little tease that maybe she's alive, but we don't really know. Fast forward to you know season and a half, end of season four, almost full two seasons later. And Ezra and Sabine uh, actually was part of this as well, but Ezra is the one who goes inside. Ezra enters this interesting dimension called the world between worlds that links various things together. We we don't see a lot. Like we see, you know, he he he's able to like, it's almost like linking time. It's unclear if you can change time, but he, he links time. So Ezra sees like Canaan's death again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees ahsoka's duel with vader and he reaches through this portal and pulls ahsoka into the world between worlds saving her from death in the season two finale and so she goes from the season two finale like linearly to the season four finale or season four like close to the end of season four uh and talks with ezra and then she exits through another pathway back to malachor but like a few hours days it's unclear after the explosion. So she effectively survives the explosion. So that's the backstory. Now we're back to the world between worlds. And I had to have what, where are they going to take this, especially with the massive, massive reveal at the end. Sorry, mm -hmm.
1: the thing I found most entertaining just before we go, just putting off that moment a little longer Cause I remember seeing some of the trailers and we saw the starscape around the henge, and there were some questions on like, Oh, is this the world between worlds that we're seeing?" Right. And I remember thinking like, especially once we saw it in, in the show I got, no, it was, it was not the world between worlds because the world between worlds is crazy. And there's no way they would do that in live action. <laughs> and yet, yet here we are.
0: <laughs> Clearly um, our track record for Ahsoka has not been good at predicting what's going
1: to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like normally we're decent, but this has been pretty bad. It is just crazy to me that we're doing the world between worlds in one of the mainline Star Wars television shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, William, like I was listening to you describe it again, and it's just like so. It links time. You can't change time. Like it sounds insane, and I love it. It
0: is, and it. There's a whole question on like how much of time travel is it, right? Can you can you change the past, or is it like always? intended, I, right? Like it's that's just the way it, it it always happened. You can't change the past necessarily, but you can
2: go between
1: I, I think that's you know. actually well. I think that's how it works. And I think we will get some of those answers in the next episode.
2: Yeah. We're we're gonna have to get some kind of answers in the next episode because we gotta see how the series is gonna end. They can't just well, leave us hanging. So yeah, so I there
0: is already so many interesting implications for just Ahsoka being back in the world between worlds. And I'll I'll say it's a little Part of me is like, oh, it's a little convenient that now Ahsoka has been saved twice by the world between worlds, <laughs> and yet I'm sure there's a great explanation for it. And honestly, I don't really care <laughs> because yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, so ex- actually, I'm ex- excited go. to see how they explain it. I actually don't think she was but... necessarily
1: saved. I didn't think she died when she <laughs> fell off the cliff.
2: Like Uh-oh. we've seen
1: Jedi fall from much higher heights, and she was fully conscious. Like right. I mm-hmm. my take is like, sure, she might have been temporarily knocked out or you know whatever it might be. I don't think it. It impacted in any way. I don't think that was the Hmm. the point of this world, this particular experience. Um, So obviously, we see we see Hayden Christensen um, playing Anakin Skywalker again. He's he's been de-aged, which made me a little sad. Yeah, um, because I thought he looked a little
2: uh, weird, a little too smooth. Uh, But Uh, but it's it's a world between worlds. You can you can you can work with it. For me, I have no problem with it.
0: But seeing Hayden Christensen in the flesh, in Uh live action, facing Ahsoka. Right. And then saying hello snips. Like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Like I think that's everything every Clone Wars fan has ever dreamed of.
2: Okay, but yeah. but now it but now it gets back to the thing where like where, and I hate this phrase, let's unpack this. What Anakin Skywalker is this? Because again, we get back to the end of the show had the Vader theme. Okay. And like I said, it wasn't the uh, full well, theme. Hang on. Before we get to the Vader yeah. theme, yeah. I, I so first, unpack it. So- <laughs> <laughs> i hate that I, phrase but seriously
1: but i i think it's important to note and william i think you were kind of starting to get to this he says hello snips which is again I'm, I'm an amazing thing here but he also says i didn't expect to see you so soon right like, there's some timey wimey stuff going
0: on here so so one right he he was expecting her and two not then mm-hmm. so that's already interesting right and we should we should talk, we should let's maybe table that cuz there's more to talk to about that but also Anakin is in his he's in his Revenge of the Sith outfit right he he looks exactly I like, like he does character. in Revenge of the Sith which so is did he did he enter the, so i guess the question is is this is this Anakin the same Anakin we know and love from the movies like it did he at some point during the en- near the end of the Clone Wars, maybe just prior to Revenge of the Sith, maybe even during the Mortis trilogy in the Clone Wars, when they were already dealing with these types of things, did he find the world between worlds and enter it and see a future Ahsoka? That's one. Thing. Okay. Mm. And that introduces all sorts of interesting things, like does. If if Ahsoka is talking to past Anakin, Anakin who hasn't turned to the dark side yet, does she does she tell him what he will become, or does she keep that uh, secret? Because as she tells Ezra uh, in in Rebels, right, you don't go save Kanan because Kanan risked his life to save you. If you save Kanan, you're all gonna die. Type of thing.
1: I I think this may be even wonkier because again he there's an implication that he expect he expected to see her right
2: right but not right. that he saved him because it was too soon that
1: implies some amount of knowledge i i actually wonder if this is maybe force ghost anakin or something similar and if we're actually getting uh another layer of of uh i don't know what to even call it like star warsness to it so almost like this is where all the force ghosts
0: live for lack I of know. a okay, better but if, word but
2: wait 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 I, I i don't believe that would be where all the force ghosts live because then again you would have You've had Obi-Wan in there. You'd have Qui-Gon in there. You'd have Yoda in
1: Who, there. Who's to say that they aren't there? Yeah. Uh,
2: Not that we'll Anakin, see them, well, that. Well, that's, that, yeah. that, that, that's true. If if that's if that's the explanation that Anakin can give, this Anakin can give, then I could live with it. But I, 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 I just I just find it—I want to know more. There well, has it, to be something in the next episode that explains all this because— I still get back to that I, – I, I kind of agree. I don't think it's going to change time. I don't think it's going to change anything that's going to happen going forward because that means everything that happened to a certain point is now thrown out again. So you can't have Ahsoka tell Anakin you're going to turn into Vader.
0: Well, of course not. Well, m- maybe. Yeah. Actually, you, you could potentially. Why? Okay,
2: so because because then again he's going to go in with the knowledge that that he is going to sit here and
0: end up you know right. But he also he also went in with the knowledge that Padme was going to die, and he tried his whole the whole reason he fell was because he was trying so hard to hold on to Padme, and prevent her from dying. What if, in typical Dave Filoni fashion, where we're like, there's no way you could do that. You could never pull that off. Like. Anakin having an apprentice between episodes two and three. What? There's no way. Right. And yet yeah, it yeah. makes complete sense. Right. Maybe this is one of those things where it's like, no, he, he fell not just because he was trying to save Padme, but also because, and this is, this is out there. I'm not saying this is, I, I, am advocating for this, but that, um, you know, he, maybe he has some indication of what he will do or what, and not in the details, but, He's trying so hard to avoid it that he ends up doing the very thing he was trying to avoid. He's holding on so strongly to Padme, holding on so strongly to being a Jedi and being good. And maybe he doesn't know all the details, right? But he he ultimately goes down the path that he didn't want to go down.
1: Well, I think you okay. could add yeah. another layer of tragedy. I think you're stretching. I, I, I do think I'm stretching. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I,
2: I, th- I think stretching, I'm going to throw one more thing on top of that because it could be the guilt and he tried so hard to still be a Jedi to not lose Padme, but also realize to a certain extent, he also lost Ahsoka too. So right. that could be three things piled on top of him that he tried hard not to lose. Right, exactly. But, you know, I, the... But, that's just one option. But the Force goes theory is another interesting
0: option, right? Where, because if you'll remember actually, in in uh, the world between worlds, when Ezra first enters the world between worlds, we hear characters from across time, yep, speaking, right? We heard, uh, here, here's like the list. I, I looked it up from our, our old show notes from years ago, right? Um, Yoda saying, starts off by saying truly wonderful. The mind of a child is followed by Obi-Wan asking, what is this place? Qui-Gon saying a conduit through which the entire force of the universe flows. Okay. That's interesting. Cause now it's, it's not just clips of previous dialogue. This is like Qui-Gon explaining. It sounds like what in some ways the world between worlds is, and then, of course, we get the line from Yoda talking about how, you know, luminous beings are we not this crude matter. Ahsoka, just when you think you understand the Force, you find out how little you actually know. That's from, I think, the Clone Wars. Um, Yoda, you know, again, some, some other quotes around, like, training yourself to let go of everything, fear to lose, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we hear Kanan, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Maz Kanata, Jin Erso, Kylo Ren, Rey, uh, the father from the mortis arc uh i think shmi maybe um the daughter from the mortis arc leia briefly um you know so some of them some of them are direct quotes from the movies but others are i mean i guess the the uh, conduit okay. from which the entire force of the universe flows i think that is a direct line from the mortis arc but the point is maybe maybe the force ghosts do Reside, or
2: I don't know, I, but okay. But I, but here, it, it, sorry, Stephen. But but here's the thing were they really forced ghosts, or is each one of those portals just a portal in that
0: time? That's why I originally, in your actu-
2: yeah. yeah. So I, I th- th- that's why I'm like, when I look within this world between worlds, until it's explained, I can't really believe they're force ghosts in there because I, I i i just don't see qui-gon and yoda actually in there they're not manifesting themselves so anyway Stephen, go ahead i'm sorry to cut you off
1: no i i think we will find that this is intricately related to the force ghost and i don't think this is anakin entering the world between worlds i think this might be force ghost anakin appearing to ahsoka as she last remembers him mm-hmm. Which is pre-Vader. Um,
2: and that would be on the bridge, or that would be in in the troop area right before she's the a Yeah, I mean just in term, right. like
1: that's why he's in his Re- Revenge of the Sith clothing, right. is basically right. what I'm saying. Yeah. That is my my expectation. And I think we know that the World Between Worlds also has some amount of tiny type stuff. I don't think we're gonna see any kind of like genuine changing of the canon or time travel or things like that. Just linking between between two different times like we saw with Ezra. Mm-hmm. Uh the it was always intended to happen that way. That's why we didn't see Vader kill Ahsoka in the end of season two. It closes off because it always ended mm-hmm. you can't with really Ezra change pulling her through. It, it just is right. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it yeah, is. Exactly. And I, I think that's what we'll see here. My expectation, A, we're gonna have growing growth moments for Ahsoka. Like, one of the things we talked about in the previous couple of episodes is how stoic Ahsoka's been. And I do see her starting to lighten up in some of these episodes. Like, it is very much, I think, going the direction we had hoped it would go. Um, and I, I think we're going to see more of that. Like, this is the reckoning that was always meant to happen, but we've never really gotten to see. Like, we got a little bit of it in Rebels, and I think this will be the rest of it, where Ahsoka is able to talk to Anakin in terms of his force ghost and come to terms with what has happened and become potentially the master that Sabine actually needs.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I, I agree with you, Steven. I think I do. The more we talk about it, the more I think that that is probably the direction they will take. I I think it could be really interesting if it is the Anakin from clone wars and, and maybe even Ahsoka can't tell him for some reason it's possible. She does. It's also possible she doesn't tell him because she knows she can't change things, and that causes even more pain for her because she knows yep. what's going to happen, and she can't tell her master. Um, but I, I think, or maybe she tries, and it doesn't work for some reason because you can't rewrite history. Um, but I, you know, I think the Force Ghost one is a very interesting theory, and maybe the direction they're going. There's also another. Th- theory I had and this is a little more out there again but do you, if you remember in rebels there was one other character that tries to enter the world between worlds
2: oh that was the emperor the emperor yeah
0: is there a <laughs> world where maybe the emperor figured out how to access the world between worlds and this is the emperor playing tricks on Ahsoka. Now that's a wild and crazy theory. And I think uh, yeah. I think having him enter the world between worlds would be dangerous because you'd have to figure out how to yeah. get him out of there again permanently. So I don't think that's the direction they're going, but I don't
2: know. That, I, I, I would not like to see them go that way with it. I think at this point in the Star Wars universe, until the Emperor reappears in episodes, what seven, eight, nine, he can't be there. I think at this point, to get away from that, they have to concentrate more on Thrawn, and the rebuilding of the Empire and how the First Order came around. The Emperor, I think, would just muck everything up again because at some point, right? Because he, he's in theory, my opinion, he's in
0: theory dead at this point. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He's he at some point the Emperor, and that idea of it needs to be let go. I agree. To have something else be a threat. I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But anyway, there's, I guess but the yeah. world between worlds introduces so many possibilities, so many, so many directions they could take it. And the fact that they end with, you know, Anakin saying, I didn't expect you to see you so soon. Again, implying that he didn't, he didn't save her because he didn't, expect to see her then but he was expecting her in some way interesting what does that mean and
2: what does that mean by it gets back to who pulled her in or how did she get in Did she enter or was she pulled
0: right yeah and uh i think oh man like will we see other things in the world between worlds other glimpses as we saw with you know like canaan's death will we see other other visions of the past in the world between worlds, we saw many doors in Rebels, but you know, only two were opened. I guess technically three, right? One, the one Ezra used, the one to save Ahsoka, and the one showing Kanan's death again. Um, I don't know, I don't know, but I, I think the to get back to your, your point about the Vader theme, I think that was done because we're seeing Anakin again. We're seeing Hayden Christensen and we know that he becomes Vader and I think that's purely a to get people uh you know like oh my gosh it's it's Vader, right? Get them excited. They know the theme. I think that was the main point of that. But I don't know if either of you have theories.
2: I just I just hope it's not ominous. That's all I all care right. about.
1: I I look at that as you know, this is like God, I'm like imagine you're Ahsoka right now. You've not seen Anakin, like the person you just saw and like that that visual of him in years. what, like 10, 15 years, something like that. I think it's
0: 30, right? Because it's this is ten after Sorry, yeah. A new it's, hope. It's been a long so, time. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so your first reaction is gonna be, Oh my god, I've missed you so much. Mm-hmm. And then the follow-up is oh, right, I haven't seen this face because it went behind the black mask that was Darth Vader. And And I think that's what the theme is. It is the the dual impact to Ahsoka of, oh, my God, it's my master. I have missed you so much, followed by, oh, right, that's why I miss you. Right. (laughs) Like, because of who you became. Right, exactly. I I don't think we will um... see Vader, I think, it is Force Ghost Sandekin that is pulled Ahsoka into the world worlds, as was always intended, and it will be how Ahsoka uh, either gets on the Eye of Sion or arrives where they're going. So do you, do
0: you think, think she'll, she'll actually transport herself, or will she just look through a portal to the
1: other galaxy? I,
2: there's, I'm, I'm, there's no I'm, reason, no-
1: right? Like... Ahsoka was always meant to be where, you know, in the Battle of Thrawn. And so the World Between Worlds is how she arrived there.
2: Okay. Th- to throw this one out there, why would she look through that kind of... If we if we think Hera's going to be here the rest of the, the series, why not have her get back on the ship with Hera from the World Between Worlds, wherever you want to do it, okay? And then Thrawn ends up coming back on the Eye of Sion with whatever fleet he has back there in, in this other galaxy. That's how he gets back. I, I think at this point, what I'd like to see is let, let's separate the two stories. Let's have Ahsoka stay in this gal- galaxy without any way to get to the further galaxy and let Sabine and Balin and everybody on that galaxy, get everything together with Thrawn and then come back so that's instead of the, having Ahsoka I, jump forward.
0: I yeah. think you're right, Tom, that's where I think they're going to go.
2: Yeah. And oh, I and don't it's, think so. Well, but but also I, I think what what better way to have an alarm raised that S is gonna hit the fan if Ahsoka can get there with with Hera to try and convince the you know Republic that's basically sitting on their butts that a war is coming.
1: That's how I see yeah, the, it. Yeah, the thing I the issue I have, and you're you're making an assumption on two things. One, that I, Thrawn has always. a fleet, which I don't think is the case, and two this whole like a war is coming thing, we there's actually no in uh, universe proof, for lack You've of a better a, word,
2: that anything like point. that is
1: actually coming down the line.
2: You've got a point. You do. You actually do have a point. But then again, who's to say that isn't Thrawn who comes back, and basically starts the organization of the First Order? Because I well, still we already to... know
1: how the First Order starts because it shows up in Aftermath and things like that.
2: Oh yeah, I uh, I forgot about this. I things.
1: actually think I think Ahsoka and Sabine are both going to end up and I think the season will end with them in the other world, like in the other galaxy. I don't think we're going to see them return to our galaxy at the end of this season. Like mm. I we I kind of talked about my theory about that a couple episodes ago, but I for Thrawn to return, I mean maybe they return at the very end if it, it's going to happen, but like I think Ahsoka has to be there cuz the season ends with Thrawn either them stuck in the other galaxy with Thrawn or Thrawn arriving back in this galaxy, and I don't think you can sideline Ahsoka on this side. Like all
2: the all no, the characters
1: can't. that matter are
2: there. Mm-hmm. And it I think seems like the right. challenge the is, is like, this what do you do with Hera in place for what's going to happen next?
0: Right, and I guess the other challenge is, what do you do with Hera if, if Ahsoka stays within the world between worlds? The one qu- issue question I have, right? Does Hera she has to have? Does she get stuck? I think she's gonna remain in the series after after we 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 were wrong last week, uh, and so yeah, I think she she needs to I think reunite with Ahsoka at some point.
2: Mm-hmm. All three of know. them at some point are gonna to have to reunite. Then again, we could probably probably be wrong because that could be a second season. Yeah, but but uh,
0: yeah, e- either way, like there's this is quite a cliffhanger, right? Seeing and Rosario Dawson seeing her the way she reacts to, you know, the hearing Anakin's voice. Cause first she doesn't see him, right? She just hears his voice saying hello, Snips. And she, she does a wonderful job playing Ahsoka as if she's like going crazy. Like did I, there's no, no. Did I hear that voice? Nah. And then I didn't expect to see you so soon. And the camera pans as she turns around and there is Anakin theoretically in the flesh. And, Oh, it's so well done and and that's where it ends like this i I hope next week we'll get a lot more answers, but my goodness, this is there were rumors that Hayden Christensen might show up in the series, but still seeing him and, and, and the way in which he showed up was just it's so far it's perfect i i I love it. It is so good seeing the world between worlds, seeing you know all the potential. Interesting storylines. There, this could lead to, or the interesting drama for Ahsoka to deal with. It is, it is very exciting, and oh it's a great, it's a great ending.
1: Yeah, really. Yeah, it's got and, everybody and on their
0: seats. Obviously, why they're going to do screenings, right? Because like, <laughs> you're going to see Hayden Christensen back as Anakin Skywalker again. Now, yes, we did see him in Kenobi, so I think that lessens a little bit of the surprise. Um. But I don't care. Like I'm so glad Caden Hayden Christensen has been coming back for not just one, but two different Star Wars TV series. And to reunite with Obi-Wan and now with Ahsoka. And to see Ahsoka and Anakin in live action for the first time is just such a such a joy.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I, I hope we get a good amount of time with them in the next episode. I feel like we will. I hope we do at least. I, I suspect so.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think there is absolutely no doubt that we are getting some kind of explanation because there has to be, she's got to come out of that world between worlds and somehow we will find out.
0: Yeah. How. Do you, so here's an interesting question for you guys before we wrap up. Do you think Anakin is only going to be in the next episode and that's it? Or do you think he will be a presence throughout the rest of the season? I think it's just
2: this episode. I would hope it's just the next episode. I, I'm not saying it would be a bad thing if somehow he shows up later, but I think there's I, a point in which you got to be very careful not to overdo it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I agree. I, I'm with you. It's the, it's honestly the problem Ahsoka had in rebels, which is he's such a major character. If he sticks around too much, the show becomes the Anakin show, not the Ahsoka yep. show. And yeah, yeah. We we already have a little bit of that like Sabine and Ahsoka are both obviously like primary characters. I don't think there's room for Anakin to be a main character here. Yeah. He may like maybe we hear more of his voice or something like that. I don't think we'll see Hayden Christensen though. Yeah. Agreed. I mean in some ways
0: like even though it's called Ahsoka, it's it's so focused on Sabine and even like Ezra, it, it, it almost is a little weird that it's not just you know rebel season five or you know star wars phoenix squadron or something you know it's like uh yeah because it's, it's a lot more than just ahsoka and i don't know yeah i i love it though i i, I i'm i couldn't be happier so i don't know. Know. yeah any, anything else before we dive into our ratings
2: i'm good tom then
0: do you want to go first
2: Yeah, I will go first. Um, You know, God, this is so hard. I'm giving this episode a nine. I, I love the episode. Yes, I did say at the beginning of the episode, I thought in some cases it moved a little too slow, but my God, what an episode, how they were setting up episode five. And I wish I could go to the screening to actually see it on the big screen. I can't wait to watch it and figure out where we are going from this point. Um, I, I, I loved how more would just take how, how the fight between Morak and Ahsoka, how that went just quick. And it's like, it's over, it's done with, and all the rumors about who he was, they're all, they're all out the window. So we have no idea, no clue. We have the idea. Basically we said night sister reanimated, however, but giving this episode a nine, um, my nine womp rats. They were actually trying to help Hu Yang with the ship, and they were supposed to be the um, guys that were supposed to warn him if anybody was going to be coming up to basically um, blindside him with a, a, you know, blindside him from working. And that didn't work out well for the uh, Womp Rats because all nine of them did not put up their defenses in time, and they all got taken out by uh, Morak. So, you know, even though Mark was somewhere else, he still was able to get there and take out all nine womp Rats. So, yeah, that's my rating. So, uh, William, why don't you go next?
0: Yeah, actually, I, uh, I agree with you, Tom. I, this episode was so good. I, I thought the, the fight sequences were really cool. The way Sabine was tempted to join Balin uh, was really neat. And, you know, the map is now destroyed. So, in theory, there's no way to to follow them. Um, I also liked the the sense of I felt like you could really with the countdown and everything you really felt like time was running out and it added a sense of urgency to the episode which I thought was really really good uh you know just seeing Ahsoka you know Balin was just fantastic as well and and the um uh you know Hera and the the X-Wings I loved I loved everything I loved everything but the thing I love the best, the most, was the world between worlds. It was—it's one of my favorite episodes from Rebels. And seeing Ahsoka go back and having her encounter Anakin, we don't know who or what this Anakin is yet, and where in the timeline this Anakin is from. But it—it it just is—it blows the door wide open with possibilities. And I cannot wait to see where they where they take this next. It's we're at the halfway point of Ahsoka and. It's so good. It is so good. Also, next week's episode is directed by Dave Filoni himself. So you know it's a big one because he personally took on the directorial uh, responsibilities for it. So, yeah, uh, Nine Womp Rats and my Nine Womp Rats, you know, they were they were clinging to the side of the cliff. And they they grabbed Ahsoka and threw it right into the world between worlds. So there you go.
1: Problem solved. Uh,
2: Steven, yes. you're up.
1: Uh, I guess that leaves me. Um, yeah, so I'm also going to give it a nine. Um, just probably my favorite episode of the show thus far. Like, all the fight sequences we got were fantastic and really well done. The um, story was great. Just honestly, there wasn't a part of this episode that I didn't enjoy. I was, you know, there's always a worry that the middle of the season will taper off in terms of excitement. And I just don't feel like that happened here. It was just a solid episode. Um and I just really, really enjoyed it. And of course the tease with Hayden at the end is, you know, chef's kiss perfect. Like it's, it's hard to imagine that it could be any different or any better. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a nine out of 10. I guess I'm still reserving some room for future amazing episodes. Uh, I'm actually gonna do something a little bit tricky with my Womp Rats. Um, so my Womp Rats, my nine Womp Rats, they're actually from next week's episode <laughs> coming to this episode uh-huh. via the World Between Worlds. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit crazy. Um, there's always the danger that next week's episode will be terrible. And then this will make no sense because there won't be nine Womp Rats. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what, that's what we've got here is uh, a crazy, you know, time shenanigans. Of course the, uh, the Womp Rats from next week were always meant to be here for this week. So it, it makes sense, but it's definitely a challenge. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, oh such a great
0: such a great episode this was so much fun to discuss with you guys i for one cannot wait to see what the what happens next week right where i hope we get some answers i think we will maybe not get all the answers but we'll get some and uh yeah it uh this show is just so good dave filoni is the master hmm ah uh, i can't wait i cannot wait
2: i guess for me i can't wait to see the reaction after the episode airs yes that's what i'm looking forward to yes
0: it's gonna be especially as people are coming out of the theater and freaking out as others are just starting to watch the episode yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be great well thank you all for listening hopefully we'll see you at some of the screenings and uh if not uh we'll 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 talk to you Next week uh, with our review of chapter five and hopefully some answers as to how the heck Ahsoka, Ahsoka and Anakin <laughs> are together. Yeah. Oh, so great. We'll see you next ye- week.
1: Ye- oh, Steven. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, go I, my biggest worry though, is like with the world between worlds last time, I think we may be a little crazy expecting answers out of Dave Filoni.
0: Why? He didn't well, give answers,
1: but he, he gives he gives answers while introducing more
0: questions, right? And I think that's the way you Fair. that's the way you should do it. If you're gonna you can't you have to give answers at some point, but you don't wanna explain everything. And I think that's what he's gonna do. Fair enough. I guess we'll find we'll out. See. We'll find yeah. out. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in the World Between Worlds.
2: Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. walt disney company or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts this podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2018